0: Jurgen Klinsmann has named the U.S. men's national team roster for the upcoming friendly against Ukraine on March fifth. This is the SBI show. I'm Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarcep. What's up, buddy?
1: How's it going, Garrett? You keeping warm over there in uh, Phoenix?
0: Oh, you know me, man. I'm always keeping warm. Oh, you know, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always trying to stay warm. But uh, you know, it's very, it's very nice out here, nice and sunny. We know we're, we're gonna get some uh, rain this weekend, so, lucky, so I'm looking lucky, forward to it.
1: You lucky dog! It's like minus ten wind chill in Jersey, probably the coldest day of the year. And at least there's no snow. But uh but yeah, it's crazy. This I thought the winter was finally done with us. Uh we didn't have snow for like a week, like 5 days in a row for the first time, so thought we were good. But apparently now we're going to hit minus 15, minus whatever. Wind chills, and we've got another snowstorm coming on Sunday.
0: That sounds horrible. I don't know why. Why, why choose to live in the, in an environment it's, like it, that?
1: It's never. It hasn't been this bad in decades, man. This not. This is not normal for us. I will tell you this. It's if anything, it's definitely making me looking for. It's making me look forward to uh, my first road trip of the year. I mean, uh, my first road trip of the MLS season, which is taking me to Seattle, Portland, and L.A. Uh, not that i don't think portland and seattle are going to be warm but it it can't be it can't be as bad as as jersey has been this winter
0: probably not actually you're going to be you're going to be quite busy in the beginning of the season you're doing that road trip then you're coming out to arizona anything else
1: yeah. uh yeah i mean well those are yeah, those are the longer trips that i'll i'll take I, actually those will probably be the only ones i take before the the whole us uh world cup team gets together and has the send off series uh, I, I imagine i'm going to be in uh wherever they have their camp I've heard rumblings that they might have their World Cup uh, training camp in California. So, uh, Northern California, apparently that's a rumor. I don't know if that's happening or not. Haven't heard, haven't gotten that confirmed, but uh, that'll be an interesting trip. I, I would look forward to that. I haven't actually been uh, to Northern California other than layovers in San Fran. Uh, so, you know what? Hopefully that happens and uh, it'll be a lot warmer then than it is right
0: now. You know, I'm going to Vegas in mid-March. You want to come with?
1: Uh, I'd love to go to Vegas, man. I haven't been in... Uh, couple years you should come with me
0: i mean i'm I'm, it's like i'm working or anything
1: uh uh we'll we'll figure it we'll we'll figure it out we'll we'll do you know what after the world cup i'll uh i'll try to sneak in a vegas trip
0: after the world cup no you got to come to vegas in march so we can pre-plan for the Uh, sbi party in arizona priorities ivis come on man get on board here i think we're we're gonna have to just do a conference call (laughs) (laughs) like we always do on the show uh Ivis, uh, lots has happened since we've done our past show. Everyone, as always, thank you for listening to the SBI show. Ivis, the U.S. men's national team roster has come out. Jurgen Klinsmann has named uh, the, the roster for the upcoming friendly against Ukraine, which, which has been moved. We'll talk about that. But looking at the roster originally, looking at the names that are on the roster... Uh, and, and looking at the guys that have been called in overall, I think everyone could be pretty, pretty happy with the roster. I mean, we have a couple guys in there, you know, John Brooks, nice to see him there. Uh, Edgar Castillo getting called up. I mean, your original thoughts, Ivis, when, when you're going to name the roster. Well, it, it uh,
1: just, it, just when you saw it on first glance, uh, there weren't too many real surprises. Uh, it's actually a pretty similar team to the one that I had suggested a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the peop- some of the people who might surprise some folks were obviously I'd say Will Packwood uh the young defender at Birmingham City although I've been projecting him projecting him on this squad for for weeks now uh and then obviously you have guys who have been away from the national team for a, w- a while now like Tim Reem Danny Williams and obviously Aguchi Onye Wu and, and uh Juan Agadello all these guys have been a year plus away from the team but they've all been playing uh, you know, playing for their club teams and, and showing well, so they all kind of projected to be on this team. Mm-hmm. And w- what's interesting about the whole situation with the national team is is how, for years, the March friendly before the World Cup was seen as the game where you could see the full first team uh, because it'd be the European based guys, and it'd be the best chance to see a team that is probably the starting squad. This time around, this squad. As much as there are quite a few starters here, it feels like a tryout camp. It feels like there's a lot of mm-hmm. guys really trying to show what they can do and, and try to potentially catch Clinsman's eye and get on the squad. But uh, what's interesting, when I started kind of projecting out what the, squ- what the lineup could look like out of this group, it, it's actually a pretty – you can have a pretty strong team uh, with this group. Obviously, you don't have your top center backs in here and Matt Beasler and Omar Gonzalez, but beyond that, um, you could have – nine guys who could all potentially start at the World Cup uh, in, in the starting lineup. So it's going to be a pretty strong team, but I think there are going to be quite a few guys who are on the fringes who are going to get chances against Ukraine.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, you mentioned a guy like, well, we haven't mentioned it, but, I mean, a guy like Danny Williams. Ivis, first call up in a while, a chance to impress Jurgen, get maybe possible back into that discussion. A guy like Juan Agudelo. I mean, this is a huge game for him. Ivis, he can come in, score a goal or two. Ooh, man, you throw a wrench into that forward conversation right away.
1: Well, you know, it, it. I've been saying it for a while now. The fourth the fourth forward spot is up in the air. It's up for grabs. I think the top three is pretty locked up with uh, Jose Altura, Aaron Johansson, and Terrence Boyd. But then you have that fourth forward spot, and you have a bunch of guys competing for that. You have Chris Wondolowski, Hercules Gomez, Eddie Johnson, and now you have Juan Agadello, who's played his way back into the conversation. He's earned a starting jo- a job at FCU track and has shown well there early on. Uh, so he, he's going to have his chance. And, and what I'm looking forward to seeing is how, how, if, and if he gets to play with him, how, how Aguadelo works, Josie Altador because I think as much as people want to talk about Josie Altador's struggles, he's going to be the guy. If he's healthy, your inclusion is going to start him. I, I I don't have much doubt about that at all. So the question is how you build the lineup around him and which forwards work what work best with him. I think Aaron Johansson is going to get that chance in this game. I think Klinsman is going to find a way to put those guys together, although probably not in a four-four-two, but maybe in a four-two-three-one, or even a more a more natural four-three-three. But Johansson, I think, will get that chance. But for me, I want to see Agadello and Altidore together. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they can work well off of each other. I, Altidore works really well. With attacking partners who, who make smart runs, who pass well, the whole pass and move thing that I think Altidore's game developed in, in the Netherlands, I think that's, that's where his game peaks. And that's where we saw last summer with the national team, when the team, when there's a lot of movement, when, when, when there's service. And I, I, for me, I, I'd be interested to see a 4-3-3 with Agudelo and Aaron Johansson. See, that, that's what see. I was thinking. Agudelo on the left,
0: Johansson right, e on the right. right.
1: I don't think we'll see that, but I would love to see it just because I I think that I think it could be a pretty dynamic group. And then you play your three midfielders. You can have Mm -hmm. Bradley, uh, Bradley, Jermaine Jones and Bedoya, some combination like that, potentially. Uh So I would like to see that. That's not what I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see just more straight four, two, three, one Uh, Johansson on the right. Bedoya on the left, Dempsey in the middle. I, I forgot about Dempsey. Dempsey yeah, I was going to say you left right. Dempsey out of that conversation. <laughs> Dempsey, right. Yeah, instead of Bedoya, I think the, in a 4-3-3 you you can go Dempsey Dempsey as the tip of the diamond and then Jermaine Jones and Michael Bradley. I'd like to see that lineup personally. Uh, but I think we're more likely to see a 4-2-3-1 with Bedoya instead of Agudelo. Uh, and I still I still I'd still say that that'd be an interesting lineup to see. I just want to see Jones uh Jones, sorry. I want to see Outdoor Johansson play together, mm-hmm. and I want to see Agudelo and Altidore together because I want to see what what, what works out there because for me, I think Agudelo, when he's on his game, he brings more to the table than some of these forward options that are in the pool.
0: Yeah, I would love to see Agudelo, especially on the left side. I mean, he did an excellent job for the New England Revolution this past season playing out of the left, and, and no offense to Bedoya, but I mean, we, we we know what Bedoya can do. We know what he can bring to the table. I mean, I don't think there's anything that he's going to do that's... Um, gonna surprise this type of thing uh so it's it's gonna be interesting i mean going back to the defense i I mean i i it's safe to assume that Jeff cameron right and then brooks on at center back and then edgar castillo at left back
1: you forgot about fabian johnson
0: oh i did forget about fabian johnson okay then fabian johnson at left back
1: right fabian you're gonna go if he's healthy fabian johnson left back uh, I don't know if Brooks is necessarily the guy because remember Brooks has not played much. I mean he, he he played five minutes this past weekend, that's his first playing time since January, uh, and and or even maybe even further further back. So he hasn't played in a while. Tim Ream has actually been starting regularly for Bolton, and as much as I know, some people will say, "Well, no, John, <laughs> Brooke, John Brooks has more upside." There's a lot of people who still remember Tim Reem's struggles in 2011 at the Gold Cup, but listen, folks, that was a long time ago. Uh, You know, that wasn't him at his best. He had his struggles. And I, I I'd like to and I compare his those struggles that he had to struggles that uh, Omar Gonzalez had uh, this past year. Right. Omar Gonzalez had a lot of moments that were not great. A lot of breakdowns, mental errors. But if he battled through those and now he's in a good place. Tim Ream didn't really get a chance to battle through those. He had a rough patch. Where he didn't play well at all. Uh, he had some really bad games, mm-hmm. uh, not only the Gold Cup, but even after the Gold Cup. Um, and I think now that he's had some time away, he's had a chance to play, become a regular starter at Bolton. I think he can get a chance. And and you know it it, it all depends on what Klinsman wants and what he likes, what he sees as ha- having more upside going into the World Cup. I'm sure. I think most people would agree Brooks has more upside. Brooks has he's you know he's younger. He's taller. He's got. He's got. You know the good skill set. But at the same time, the thing with Tim Ream is, I don't know if there's a better passer in pool, in the national team pool. That's and that's Matt Beesler included. Tim Ream's the the biggest strength in his game is his passing, and I think some people forget that that his passing out of the back is unrivaled. So if his defending has caught back up with that, is if his, if he's solidified his defending, if he if he's you know. Taking the 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 mistakes out of his game from the defensive standpoint, and he can be a, a a solid defender along with the passing. You want to take a look at that because I think I think we all realize that how important having good passers out of the back is. And I'm sure Klinsman looks at Ream and says, you know what, Matt Beasler's my guy. But if anything happened to Matt Beasley, who's my left-footed center back? Who's my distributor out of the back? There's no one like there's no one like Matt Beasley. Except for Tim Ream. So I think from that standpoint, I think we'll, we'll probably see Ream and Onyewu together if if Onyewu's healthy. And another thing is Onyewu Onye and, and Brooks are kind of similar. I mean, they're both big, tall center backs. You, you know, the, neither one of them, I would say, is a, a, a great passer. So you can't really have two of the same guy there. So that's why for, for me, I think we'll see Onyewu and Ream. <laughs>
0: Um, Interesting uh, What about some other guys Obviously Alfredo uh, Morales Hasn't been called up For a while Defender Any chance to we'll see him In this game
1: I don't know if we'll see him Because again Remember It's a 24 uh, Man squad um, Six are not going to Dress for the game You only dress 18 uh, One of those six Is obviously Julian Green Who's not going to You know Play in the game What He's not but, playing in the game What <laughs> Right So there's five guys Who are not going to dress Uh, it, it, You figure Okay Cody Cropper's not going to dress uh, I wouldn't imagine we'll pack with dresses. So that's two right there. So that leaves three more spots. Um, uh, and, and I'm looking at the squad here. I'm trying to figure out who. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So you know what? Maybe uh, – I, I mean, I'm pretty sure Castillo is going to see some minutes. You don't fly the guy all the way from Mexico. And he's the only he's, all, he's the only player from the Mexican League that's been called over for this game. So I'm sure he'll play. Morales, you know what? I don't think he's going to dress. But I think just having him in – taking a look at him. Mm-hmm. He's, been, he's been starting for Ingolstadt in, in the uh, German second division. Two. So you want to get a look at him. He's a, For those who don't remember, he's a versatile player. He can play right back. He can play defensive midfield. Mm-hmm. He's in this camp as a fullback. Um, so you want to get a look at him. I mean, if he's playing regularly in, this, in, in Bundesliga 2, which is a pretty solid league, you want to see what he can bring to the table. And he's also, again, uh, dual national. He's not cap-tied. So you want to kind of keep him interested keep him you know with his eye toward the. US national team the last time he was in was in the camp in Orlando the, uh, the 2012 camp he came into the camp uh, but didn't play in the games he went back to he went back to Germany so uh, you know what he's someone to keep an eye out but I, I don't he's not gonna play I don't think he's gonna dress for this game
0: um that's unfortunate uh yeah julian green so everyone doesn't just you know go oh my what uh he's just called into camp just to kind of like hang out you know be acclimated kind of get to know the guys so before everyone just starts losing their mind he's not playing in this game so just yeah everyone yeah we
1: i I think people know that by now hopefully i I feel like (laughs) everyone it's it's been the you know everyone's like careful to point that out um and as i mentioned in in my com column about this roster which came uh, the story came out late last night uh it's it's like a big recruiting trip really right i mean when you think about you know like college athletes or high or high school star athletes that go to colleges for their recruiting visits mm-hmm. uh that's what this is like this is like a re- big recruiting visit uh for green he's going to he's going to hang out with the team for a couple of days which is what you do when you're on your recruiting trip mm-hmm. and uh, i'm sure it's <laughs> what not, else do you I'm do sure, well, I mean, this isn't. Yeah, this is like he he got game, right? Where they're gonna, you know, bring in some ladies or anything. I, I don't uh, know. You never
0: know, Ivis. Nah, I mean, that could be the point here. Jermaine Jones down. could this be like, bring them on in. All right, keep it clean. Come on. <laughs> um,
1: you know what? I, I think it's a chance for him to to get to know the guys, and and you know, it, obviously you're gonna be in in you're gonna train for a couple of days, uh. But I think the more important part is getting to know, know the guys, getting a feel for the camp. Getting a feel for what it's like to be around this group, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a good group. There's a good group of guys. I'm sure some of the veterans, when you talk about like a Tim Howard, Clint Dempsey, I, I think they're gonna, you know, look to, to, to you know, in, engage him and, and make him feel like part of the the, the squad. I'm sure, I'm sure, Jurgen Klinsmann is letting his guys know, especially his veterans, mm-hmm. that hey, this kid is the future. Make him feel welcome he was born in america he is not you know he's american we want you know we we want him to to feel welcome and and as we as we remember from terrence boyd when terrence boyd was on our show uh he let it be known that you know what if he gets a chance to talk to this kid he's going to let him know hey you have to play for america i wish we, we should play <laughs> we should actually play the clip of terrence boyd when he told us what he would do if he met you julian green cuz uh, that i mean uh, that was gold and and that's what's going to happen i think you're going to see boyd you're gonna see Jermaine Jones, mm-hmm. especially those two guys, because they're you know, they're big personalities. Fabian Johnson's a bit more of a kind of laid-back guy, so I don't think he'll he'll necessarily be like that. And and you know what? John Brooks is still not even tied So John Brooks is kind of in a similar boat, although I think at this point we know he's gonna play for the US. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be a good it's a good environment. And you know what? I think after this experience, I think Julian Green's going to be a lot closer to playing for the U.S.
0: I agree, and, and I think this is a good opportunity for I me. Mean, we saw this with Aaron Johansson. I mean, Jurgen's done a very good job with us before. So, I mean, not that I want to say Jurgen we trust, but, you know, he's, he's done a good job of introducing young players. And, and look, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game, I just because looking at this roster, you're right. Nothing is set in stone here. A lot of guys are auditioning. Things Roster spots are still up in the air. And especially when you look at the midfield group, I mean, you could you could almost say that Bedoya, Bradley, Discrude and Jones are, are are for sure going to Brazil, barring some injury or some some setback. But then, you know, it kind of gets interesting in the midfield. I've You know, you, you have Fabian Johnson, Sasha Kleshin, you know, kind of what's up with him. Breck Shea is called into camp, and Danny Williams. I mean, look, this this game on on, on Wednesday, it's going to be big for people to watch to see who is going to be going to Brazil. And a good game, I mean, you never know what can happen. You're translating to another call-up, so... Well, I tell you going. one thing.
1: What, one name you mentioned makes this rude. I don't think he. I wouldn't call him a lot. I'd say that really. No, because you know what? You got if you want to talk about the the structure of a of a squad. Obviously, there's variety when there's guys who can play multiple positions. But in theory, you want to have four central midfielders, four wingers on your World Cup team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about four central midfielders right now, you got Michael Bradley, mm-hmm. Jermaine Jones, Locks. Right? If they're healthy, they're going to be there. Then who, who are your next two guys? Most people would suggest, just based on on, on performance and Klinsman's preferences, that you figure it's Kyle Beckerman, Mixed Disgrude. Though, as of right now, they're in those positions, but they are not locks. Beckerman and Disgrude. I'd say Beckerman's third, Disgrude's fourth. So Disgrude's the fourth guy. Uh, but there's a there's a pretty long line of people that will come gunning for that spot. Among them, Danny Williams, Maurice Adu, Sasha Kleshton. Uh, I think Ho- Jose Torres at this point probably out of the mix, uh, but th- I mean, still, that's that's uh, it's an impressive group of guys. Is. We lose back. What?
0: Oh, I'm saying it is an impressive group of guys. Oh, it's Green and Davis. Yeah, I, I didn't know what you're saying there. So,
1: uh, you know, so I'd say right now, uh, this group is not a lock, uh, but he's in the position right now, so it's his position to lose. But he's got to he's got to bring it. And I tell you what, Danny Williams, having had a chance to see Danny Williams play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, against Q- uh, QPR in the big win that Reading had recently, I mean, he looked good, and he looks like he's he's playing well. He's scoring, he's even scoring goals, so he's going to come gunning for that position. Uh, so and, and you know, Benny Fellhaber, another long shot, but mm. still. So with all these guys, I think Beckerman. I mean, Beckerman's ahead of this group because Beckerman's played, has been playing better for the past I don't know six months. Yeah, the games that he's had, the Gold Cup, uh, and then the friendlies. He's playing well, and Klinsman loves what he brings to the locker room, and and you can't and you can't you know overestimate that. So this crew's got a lot of competition, and it's a, it's a coin toss, I'd say, of all those guys. You know, like I like this game. I think he brings some nice kind of attacking quality. He's, he's he's a nifty passer, but you know what? When you get to the World Cup, you need some tough guys. You need some guys who are going to battle especially when you think about this group uh when when you're going up against Ghana and the beasts they've got some strong midfielders they've got some guys who will who will tr- who will try to dominate you who will try to push you around and is 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 he built for that is this group built for that or do you want a Danny Williams who's clearly a stronger player maybe not quite as technically gifted but you know it it is just a tougher option so mm-hmm. long story short long-winded answer <laughs> If they, this crew's spot
0: is not locked,
1: and it's going to be fun to watch, see who wins that spot.
0: Hey, you know, you make an interesting point for Danny Williams. You're right. Uh, I don't he know. I guess with Danny, Disc, Williams. The, the thing Danny is,
1: Williams, also has that that blonde hair.
0: That's so he, true. He, he, he's got the bleach blonde thing going on. So
1: uh, I, I'm still getting used to watch like seeing that. So that's going to be fun to watch to see if he gets to start. Tell you what, Jermaine Jones has, uh, is carrying a knock right now. So you could see, you could see Danny Williams. Starting against the Ukraine,
0: that can be interesting. See, but the thing with Mix is, is the potential's there. It's, it's. Can he put it together for a whole game? He does have moments throughout games. You're absolutely, just like, you're, you're absolutely. just like, you're like, oh my god, who is this guy? But then he has moments right. where you're just like, dude, what are you doing out there? He. Well, that's what we'll, you know, we'll see. This and, is and, why this and, is a good and, test for a lot of these guys,
1: right? And you know what? In in a way, that could work work to his advantage if you think about the fact that if he is going to be the fourth guy mm-hmm. in the central midfield, if he's someone you want to bring off the bench. He, he has that spark. You yep. know, if, you, if, if you're losing, let's say you're losing to some, you know, and you, you're losing 1-0, you're losing to Portugal hypothetically, you're losing, losing to Ghana, your midfield's not quite getting it done, Jermaine Jones gets a yellow, he's on a yellow, he's, you know, he's not playing, he's having one of those games that Jermaine Jones has, and, and, you, need, and you need something, <laughs> you, need, you need to boost your attack. Mixed-disc has shown he can come off off the bench, spark the attack. Uh, make the pass, make the right. You know, I think it was against Mexico in in Columbus. We had, mm-hmm. uh, had the nice assist. So uh, I, I'm not trying to knock this dude and say he does, he's not going to hold on to the spot. He does bring stuff. He does bring things to the table. But
0: let's realize, folks, it is a pretty wide open competition for that spot. No, it, and then you just mentioned Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones is also kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mister Hyde as well. I mean, he has his good games and he has his bad games. There's also no guarantee that he started. Nah, I, I, mean, I see. I don't. There.
1: Clinsman has already. Look, it, listen, we always have to remember, folks, and, and I always tell people this it's not who you want, it's who Clinsman's going to take. You always have to look at it in the context of, let's speak realistically about who Clinsman likes, who he prefers, who he sees as being valuable parts of this team. And obviously, Jermaine Jones is one of these guys that Clinsman and, and the team rates a lot higher than fans do or, or, or media or, or most media do. Because, you know, fans and media look at Jermaine Jones and see see some inconsistent performances uh, and and say, why is this guy even continuing to get starts? But then all you hear from Klinsman is how important he is. And I agree with him to a degree that when you get into these tougher games, when you get into that World Cup, say, man, World Cup is is a whole nother level, not just in terms of quality, but intensity. Mm-hmm. I mean, these games, you're playing for your country. You're playing. This is your dream. Every guy on that field, it's it's been their dream to play in the World Cup. You leave it all on the line. It, it's a serious situation. And Jermaine Jones has played in, those, in battles. He hasn't played in the World Cup, but he's played in high level matches. He's played. He's a Champions League yeah, player. He says, yeah, as you say. I'm a Champions League player. So, you know what? That, that works to his advantage. And, and, and we have to remember, there's not a. Like, only a few of these guys have actually played in the World Cup. I mean, I found it interesting when I started think, looking at this squad. That's has a good point. Looking at, looking at the depth chart, do you realize that in the center bag pool, only one player has played in the World Cup. Yes, I'm Aguchi. not. You're right. I'm trying Aguchi to. show yeah. was the only with the only center back because Carlos Boninger's been put out the pasture. JJ Merritt's <laughs> not around anymore. Everyone else, there, there's no one else. So from that standpoint, and and that goes, you know, you, you if you have a guy like Jermaine Jones who's been in high level matches, you, you kind of take the good with the bad. You take, you know, yeah, it will he have hit those moments that make you kind of scratch your head. Uh, sure, but at the same time, he's a guy who has played in some really big games, and I think he won't. He will. He's not a guy who's going to shrink in uh, under the World Cup lights. He's not a guy who's going to be intimidated by that atmosphere. Uh, he's not. A, he's not a guy who's going to back down when it's U.S. against Ghana and Kevin Prince Bro, Kevin Prince Boateng and and Montari and and and, and, the, and their their strong midfielders. You know, come looking to boss people around. Jermaine, look, Jermaine Jones was just teammates with Kevin Prince Boateng. They're 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 cut from the same cloth. They, they they're both these aggressive guys who who like to just 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 dominate people, and, and he's 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 unique in that regard. He brings that bite, that nastiness, as Jurgen Klinsmann has said in the past. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, I definitely understand why Klinsman uh, rates Jones
0: so highly. Uh, if we're talking realistically here, the 2010 World Cup roster to this one, we could see maybe six guys who've made it now to the back-to-back World Cups. That would be Tim Howard, that'd be uh, Michael Bradley, that'd be Dempsey, Donovan, Jotty uh, de Altidore, and Brad Guzon. So not a lot of carryover. Uh, you mentioned that Jermaine Jones likes... Uh, I'm sorry, you mentioned that Jurgen Klinsman likes Jermaine Jones. There's players that clearly... Jurgen Klinsmann does not like Ivis, Eric Lehigh not called in. The conspiracy theories begin. What's up with that? <laughs> okay, listen. Folks.
1: I, I I think people who listen to this show uh, regularly know that I've always kind of uh, considered Lehigh someone who should get a look, and, and and I still think he's someone who could bring something to the table. But when it comes down to it, if you know injuries. Have a, They play a role. They, 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 they can cost you opportunities. And obviously, Lehigh has been injured lately, um, unfortunate. He just, he, ha, he just came back last weekend, but he didn't play. He, he was on the bench. So it makes you wonder just how close he is to coming back. So I think that, you know, before anyone kind of reads too much into that, you know, I, you, we don't know how close to 100% Lehigh is. And I think the fact that he didn't even play in Nottingham Forest's last game you know, I think it makes it a possibility that he's not all the way back. So if he's not all the way back, do you bring him in? So, And it's unfortunate because he probably won't get another chance. Uh, and then you look at a Jonathan Spector.
0: Yeah, what's four up months, with that?
1: Well, I mean, come on. He's been out for four months. Now, I know he started in Sheffield Wednesday's most recent game. But when you don't play for four months, uh, it's kind of – you know, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to, to justify bringing a guy, bringing him back in. And let's and let's also point out that Andy Herzog was at the Sheffield, uh, not Sheffield, he was at the Birmingham there City you go. game. He saw Will Packwood, he saw Jonathan Spector, he saw them live. So, you know, something tells me that from what he saw there, he just said, you know what, maybe this guy's not going to really give us better options than what we have. And, and I think people when they think about specter they're obviously going to remember the two thousand and nine confederations Cup oh yeah, he was money the great the great crosses he played great. No one can ever take take away from uh, uh Specter how well he played in that tournament, but listen but folks, so was, what was that five years ago? It was a long time ago details you know, like,
0: Ivis details he helped dethrone Spain, come on, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, yeah, so did Conor, yeah. I think Connor Casey played in that game too. I don't think <laughs> No, no, frame. he did it. Did he really? Okay, I'm gonna yeah, look that I mean, up. Yeah, he
0: might have come. He might have come
1: in as a as a as a late sub. But uh, you know, back back to the main point. It's been a long time. He just might not be that guy anymore. So I, I don't I don't know if I'd call that. I wouldn't call that a snub. I yeah. wouldn't call Lehigh a snub. Lehigh with the injuries, it, it's a tough one. But hope you know what it's even with that, and even with a guy like Timmy Chandler, who's mm-hmm. who's obviously injured and not not around. This doesn't mean there's no chance they can't get called in cuz uh, for the camp in May cuz remember he's uh, assuming assuming is going to do what, you know, most coaches do. I mean, he's going to call a preliminary squad in, thir- you know, 30 players or so, bring in them bring them in the camp and make a final decision on that. If someone like Tim Ch- if Tim Chandler can get back come back in April, mm-hmm. get back from his knee injury, get his starting job back for Nuremberg and put in a strong month to finish out the Bundesliga season. I think, he goes, I think he gets called into that camp. I think you have to call him in that camp. Eric Lehigh, if Eric Lehigh can come back and put together a strong two and a half months for Nottingham Forest, close out the season. Why, 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 there's, it's possible. It's possible that he gets called in. I think Spectre, Spectre I think the ship sailed on him. Oh, like, yeah. I think that, that's probably not going to happen at this point. So, you know, don't assume these guys are toast if they, they weren't called in. Uh, <laughs> because there's still two and a half months to go. A lot, a lot can happen.
0: A lot could happen. You, by the way, you were right. Connor Casey did come into that game.
1: Yeah, man. Come on.
0: We'll Look at you. Me, I know. I, I always forget. You're, you're like you're like an elephant, man. You're you're like your memory that goes at least thirty years.
1: It's pretty good. It's, my memory it's going. I think I'm. You know, old age is catching up to me. But
0: yeah. Uh, well, Ibis, uh, time to table this U.S. Men's National Team conversation because I mean, let's face it. You and I could talk U.S. Men's National Team all day long.
1: Absolutely, and I'm sure people wouldn't mind that, but we do have a lot of other topics to get to. And after this break, and a word from our first SBI show sponsor, we'll be talking MLS, NASL, and we'll get to our Q&A right after this. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career
0: criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are.
1: John Doe. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 21st.
0: And that's from the movie John Doe Vigilante. Comes out March 21st. That's in about three weeks. Right.
1: And uh, for those of you who hadn't noticed... Uh, The movie John Dovigilante is our new sponsor on uh, on SBI and the newest sponsor of the SBI show. So you will be hearing uh, us plug the the movie pretty regularly over the next month. Mm -hmm. Uh, And be sure to go out and see it when you get a chance. Help support our sponsors because, as you know, you support our sponsors, you support us. And uh, now back to the soccer action.
0: You support Garrett Cleverly's endeavors, uh, Ivis. Uh, time to move over to Major League Soccer. We talked about this on the last show. We led the last show off with this, talking Major League Soccer expansion. And what do you know? We talked about it, so everyone else around the league felt like talking about it. And things are coming out that Austin is looking pretty good. San Antonio, also. I mean, could we see another team in Texas pretty soon, Ivis? Well, I think it's. I think we've
1: said that for a while that San Antonio is a pretty good. Uh, option for mls and it makes a lot of sense you, have, you obviously have houston and dallas there and you get the nice triangle going uh but hey austin uh good city i, I was there in december and uh, i know some people were like why are you in austin why are you going to austin now they're gonna put the t- they're gonna put it all together yes folks i'm part of austin's uh mls expansion bid no i'm kidding uh but now you know what you're gonna have a lot of markets uh interested and austin's it's a thriving city it's a growing city. Uh, and uh, you know, they, there's money there. There, there. There's some people who, who see MLS as, as 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 a growing league that that fits right into kind of the demo, the demographic in Austin. So Austin's an option, and they they do have a, a thriving kind of soccer fan base there. And they still have, not to forget, they have the Austin Aztecs there. Uh, you know, the, the the lower division team. Uh, you know, you had they had a USL Pro team. For those mm-hmm. who forget the story, the USL Pro team was moved to uh, Orlando City, and then has now become the MLS expansion team, in Orlando City. So Austin, is, Austin, the Aztecs were resurrected as a PDL team, and and they're working there. You know, they're just they're still trying to grow something there. But there are other forces at play that that want to try to bring MLS to Austin. It's a possibility, but I'd still say they're probably in that. That group of 20, teams, twenty five to twenty eight, uh, I- assuming that we even that's even a number, twenty five, twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who knows how many they'll go to, but anyone who anyone talking about Austin as potentially team twenty four. That's probably that's probably a bit of a stretch. I think San Antonio at this point's the better bet. And you know what? When you have Eva Longoria mm-hmm. promoting your expansion bid, which apparently she got on Twitter on on uh, Thursday and 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 tweeted. Support for the San Antonio MLS expansion bid that does not hurt. Just to just to point that out, uh, but yeah, San Antonio is right in that in that conversation along with obviously Minneapolis. You know, I was confused on
0: why she was mentioning San Antonio because isn't Tony Parker still there? Well, she lives there, so
1: Yeah, interesting, you know. huh? You think she, you want she, to get out of town? I, I think she's from the no. Settle down. I think she, she's from there. She's a soccer fan, uh, you know. So it, it makes perfect sense.
0: Uh, so. Not that we want this show to become Press Hilton or anything, but let, let's let's get back to the point. Uh, um, we quickly though, Ivis. I mean, Austin is a serious choice. They are a PDL team, and, and as for everyone knows, that's that's the fourth tier. But I mean, they, look. I mean, when you look at their attendance, Ivis. I mean, they had matches last year where they had over four thousand people to a PDL match. That's that's pretty serious.
1: Yeah, I mean they they uh, they were lucky enough in, in recent years that uh, in, in the in the past year they they've had some pretty good talent come through there. Kakuta Mane, mm-hmm. uh, the Whitecaps uh, standout youngster, Dylan Powers, the reigning MLS Rookie of the Year. So they've actually had some pretty pretty quality players come through that uh, their PDL setup. Uh, and you know I've had some talks with the folks there, and I think USL Pro is potentially. Is potentially a step that they will take. So even if uh, you know, even if MLS doesn't happen or it doesn't happen in, in the immediate future, I don't think anyone should be surprised if or if Austin makes its way back uh, to USL Pro at some point in, in, the, in the next couple of years.
0: Well, it's going to be an is- interesting one to to pay attention to. I mean, there's always. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll keep talking about it. I mean, because I mean, we'll keep talking about till Phoenix gets mentioned, Davis. So I mean, <laughs> that, that could take yeah. us about five years. So team fifty. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, there's one person who's not happy with the, you know, Major League Soccer expansion. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're still on Major League Soccer. Uh, Matias Laba Ivis has been loaned out to the Vancouver Whitecaps. What does this mean for them?
1: I think it's a big pickup for them. Uh, And, you know, I was saying it for the longest time. I know there were some folks, especially in Toronto, who were holding out hope that uh, TFC would find a way to keep Matias Laba. But it was never going to happen. I, I said it. I wrote it. Uh, you just can't do it. You you know they have three DPs. You can't change Laba's contract. You can't make him not a DP. You're gonna have to get. You're gonna have to move him. Uh, and you know the, the, this this move works out for for Toronto because they don't lose him. They still have his rights. Uh, but now you know they get him off this off the roster. And the Whitecaps are a big winner in this, as much as you know the Whitecaps. They have some pretty good options in central midfield. Nigel Rio Coker. Gersh and Kofi. So it's not like a huge need for them, but Laba is a quality player. As much as Greg Burhalter doesn't seem to agree, Matias Laba is a quality player. Uh and in fairness to Burhalter, I'm sure the 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 main point of, of his whole uh not wanting Laba is the fact that Laba is a designated player. Uh but having said that, you know what? If you could have Laba on loan, I mean, if I was if I was running Yeah, Columbus, you're not going to say no. I, I, yeah, if I'm running Columbus I take my t- I'm taking Matias Laba on loan all day, all day. But guess what? You know what? Maybe maybe Columbus cost themselves that 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 possibility by going public with the whole thing, the whole you know negotiations. Uh, as Merritt Paulson ripped <laughs> on Twitter, as as you know he loves to do. But back to Laba, I think Laba will help Vancouver. I think he's a quality player, and I think he'll get on the field. Carl Robinson will find a way to get him on the field. Uh, and uh, if if and it's gonna be interesting, if he if he ends up having a big year, uh, does he? And what if he likes it in Vancouver? Maybe he stays. And and yeah. is he ever gonna really go back to Toronto? I mean, Michael Bradley's locked in, guaranteed mm-hmm. contract for what six, seven years. He's not going anywhere. So you know what? This this might it might be just a loan right now. But if Laba does well, he
0: might just end up staying there. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, because as as you said, I mean, he'll be playing next to probably I mean Nigel Rayo Coker, but I don't know. Kofi, kind of, I like him, man. Young player, and he's been playing a lot. And you wonder kind of what this is gonna do for him if he's gonna have to move or, or I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting how Vancouver plays this out.
1: Right, they've got three guys for for one or two spots. Uh, Kofi's one of the better young talents in the league, actually. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, you know, good problem to have though. You're Vancouver. You've got You know, you you've, you've got that talent. Um, so and they're still trying to. You know, unfortunately for them, Laba does not play striker. So he can help make up for the loss <laughs> of Camillo. but you know what? I think, they, I think Vancouver they could they could do well. Uh, I know seeing some early projections projections of power rankings, I don't think people will see Vancouver as a playoff team. I don't see them as a playoff team in the West, but uh, they've got some talent there. They've got some talent there, and and if Rob if Carl Robinson can figure out the right formula to put the the group together. Uh, put them in in a, in that in good positions. They could they could surprise. They could if you want to talk about a team that could be that surprise. I think Vancouver could be that team.
0: I thought you're playing into the joke that anytime Toronto FC gets rid of a Ford, they dominate.
1: Well, that's true. That's true. So you know what they should have asked Toronto. You know what Emery Welshman, Emery Emory Welshman, the first the 2013 first round pick uh, out of Oregon State was waived by Toronto. Right. Uh, which is kind of, in a way, it's a little surprising because if Bright, Bright DK is out for the year uh, and he still can't make the roster, you know what? If I'm a team, I'm going and signing Emory Welshman because he probably has 10 goals in him now because he, Toronto let him go. But again, that's the old Toronto. <laughs> this is the new Toronto. This is Toronto FC 2.0. Uh, the, the Lewicki era, the Tim lewicki era, so you know what the, we we 've got to put the jokes away for now because <laughs> no no we don't
0: <laughs> not till the season we, starts we got we, we, well. we, we got two more weeks
1: <laughs> yeah that's true. We have to use them uh, before yeah. they start dominating the league and uh, and all that so. yeah not
0: going to be I mean these jokes won 't be funny in July, but I mean we, we got two more weeks to sorry Toronto bash on you uh <laughs> which which <laughs> yeah. we really won't um I this Chivas usa long time struggling franchise is already off on uh, on the right foot. Horrible, horrible introduction on my part. But uh, they have named uh, long league executive uh, Nelson Rodriguez as president of Chivas USA. You know him better than I do. I've had a few chances to meet him. I mean, he's like the nicest guy in the world. But I mean, this is great to see him you know, with Chivas USA to help turn that whole franchise around.
1: Oh, I mean, they couldn't have asked for a better guy uh, to bring in. Uh, I, I know Rodriguez isn't someone that the casual MLS fan might know, but. He's one of the smartest guys uh in the league. He he was he, he recently left MLS actually, but he'd been with the league for years and uh you know one of the most well respected guys around. Uh and I I feel like I said it, I might have said it on the show. I thought I, I I thought I put it on Twitter uh but I might have said it on one of the shows, but he's a guy uh who I've thought for a long time that you know what? Give this guy a team to run. And I think he'd do an outstanding job. And then for me, I thought he—I always thought he's someone who, if you want to talk about Don Garber's successor, if Don Garber just moves on to some other thing, I always thought Rodriguez could be the could be a commissioner. I mean, that that's how highly I think this guy. So it's gonna be interesting to see what he can do with Chivas. He's got a year uh, as kind of caretaker president, you know, before they sell. Uh, And and you know what? he maybe he won't help them turn it around on the field as far as uh you know becoming a a viable playoff team or anything they've got a ways to go in that regard mm-hmm. but if you want to talk about helping kind of build some bridges there uh in LA uh for a second team and and, and kind of repairing the damage done uh by yeah. years of Jorge Regatta's uh just just terrible stupidity ownership. yeah stupidity uh, you know what? I think if anyone can do it, I think Rodriguez can
0: do it. Yeah, I mean, he he worked with the MetroStars before Ivis. I mean, as you said, I mean the thing is, I think if everyone saw a picture of Nelson, I, everyone's at least seen him on TV once in the background or in some <laughs> Where's meeting. what is he? Where's, where's Waldo? I'm serious. He's like, oh, every time I was watching, you watch the league, like he's always in the background. That people may not know him, but the, they sh- they should know his face. I feel like you should. Um, uh, but saying man. Yeah, you can Google Google, yeah, Google him and you'll you'll see. Well, he'll you know he'll take care of Chivas USA until the uh, L.A. Gunners come in, right?
1: L.A. <laughs> L- yeah, Stan Kroenke's uh, you know, he's getting his affairs in order and uh, he's getting that bid ready. I'm kidding, folks. I just I have, we we have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> we don't know who's going to buy L.A. Who's gonna or who's going to buy Chivas USA mm-hmm. and turn them into whatever. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you that. You know, 2015 because I always thought Chivas US USA was a bad idea. Um. And you know what? We'll see. We'll see who comes well, in. I don't know if La I don't know if La Gunners is a good idea either. I mean, uh, to be fair, but uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see who steps in there.
0: That's that's true. But but the thing is when. You... <sighs> I think in hindsight, when you can look back, you can say now—I mean, I, I I see where you're coming from with the Chivas USA thing, but even when they came into the league, Ivis, I mean, the league was in such a different place than it is now. I mean, the league is like night and day compared to where it was in the mid-2000s. Right. So Yeah,
1: I mean, right. When when Chivas USA came into the
0: league, it was like, oh, what? You want a yeah. team?
1: Yes, please, here. Yeah, team. exactly. Please, thank you for— Helping us survive. Uh, now it's like, well, sorry. Now it's like velvet rope time in MLS. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. And that's it's that, the velvet rope era where, like, yeah, sorry, buddy, we we we're full now. Or are you on the list? Yeah, you know what? No, nah, you, you can't get in. So so yeah, that's you a know, good sorry, thing. If, yeah, sorry, Phoenix. Uh, You're you, not.
0: <laughs> relax, know. relax. But that's but that's seriously that, that's a good thing. I'm, I've always seen Chivas USA as. The league at the time needed Chivas USA more than Chivas USA needed the league, and now the league's at a point where it doesn't need Chivas USA anymore. I mean, not that I'm. If Chivas USA was a good franchise, then obviously you keep them, but this happens. So, look, as long as they don't name the team Los Angeles FC, I'm fine. I'm fine with anything
1: else. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I want
0: someone to come up with something original, like throw a number in there, throw a day of the week in there. I mean, come on, something different.
1: All right. We should do a contest. Be- your best L.A. team nicknames. We should start doing that. What, what was yours? L.A. Law? Or LA, law
0: L- L- L.A. Law. L.A. Law, CSI, Los Angeles? Is, well, <laughs> I, yeah.
1: I mean, L.A. LA law. Yeah. LA, what's funny is what's, what's kind of sad is there's like all these listeners who have no idea what L.A. Law means or what that reference is because it's like, what is it, 25 years ago, this show? It was a show, by the way, folks. It was a law drama uh, it was a drama about a law firm, so I know that sounds totally exciting, but it was a pretty good show. Blair Underwood was on it. It was a hundred years ago. Who? Yes, I'm old.
0: Who? Oh come on! I'm me. serious. Who's who is that? I don't even know who that you is. You don't know who
1: Blair Underwood is? No. Come on, Google him. I'm sure you would. If you Google
0: him, you will know. Blair That's Underwood. a guy. Oh, I thought that was a girl. Blair Underwood sounds like a girl's name. No, he's an actor. Blair Underwood, dude, I have no idea who he is. I told you to Google him. I'm looking him up right now. He's in shows that I don't watch. New Adventures of Old Christine. Look
1: at him and look Look at his pictures. You will definitely recognize him. I don't recognize him at all. Are you kidding me? I'm serious. Well, you know what? All right. To be fair, you know, he's been in a lot of, uh, you know, black movies. And I'm sure you've probably never seen a black movie in your life. So
0: there you go. What is that supposed to mean?
1: (laughs) Come on. You're from the cul-de-sac.
0: I watch Soul Plane. Wow,
1: there you go. That was that, that was your that was your I have a black friend moment right there. Right? So we'll, we'll stop. We'll move on. We'll, we'll move on
0: before we get you in trouble. Yeah, I'm always in trouble, Ibis.
1: You know, we know. I mean, you're from Arizona, so you know people are gonna stop. Oh
0: God, dude, what is wrong? <laughs> what seriously? And you know what?
1: What is wrong with your state dude?
0: I don't know. Seriously, just for everyone listening, Arizona is like the Wild West still. Like you can come out here and be like a nobody and like reinvent yourself very quickly. The problem is, like, I'm first-generation Arizonian, but, like, I'm 27. Who's going to listen to me? That's the problem. So you have all these w- idiots and, and yahoos who don't, are not freaking from Arizona, and they come here from Jersey or Chicago or whatever the hell they come from, and, and they screw this state up for everyone else. Like,
1: Nobody from Jersey's <sighs> going to Arizona, man. They all go to Florida. God,
0: dude. I mean, seriously, man, sometimes this state is just so stupid sometimes. All right, enough of me on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, this rant was brought to you by <laughs> Garrett Cleverly's lawyer, who you can call. To help bail him out when he gets arrested. For yeah,
0: it's, it's ugh, enough. You know what? I have a microphone on my face. I'm allowed to do this. Uh, Ivis, last thing about Major League Soccer before we move on. Uh, a Spanish national team player is considering coming over to Major League Soccer. Barcelona star, well, not star anymore, but used to be star, Carlos Puyo. Ivis, does he actually come over and play for New York no. City?
1: Oh. Listen, folks. We, this has been anyone who's been anyone who's paid attention for a few years knows this is just part of the deal when it comes to MLS and especially New York player. You know the players are always linked, and you know what? You can't blame guys. You can't blame a guy like Carlos Puyol for being interested in New York. New York's a great city, and and, and the idea of playing there it, it's it, it's appealing to players like Puyol until they come and find out. You know what? No one's gonna pay them ten million dollars at the age of thirty five. That's just not happening. Not for a, an aging defender with bad knees. Uh, and look, I love Puyo. I think Puyo, for me, one of the best leaders in in the past 20 years. You want to talk about a captain, someone who just would play through anything, and, and the heart of a champion, that guy, he, he he absolutely is the definition of that. Having said all that, he's in his 30s, he's got bad knees, and Teams just—it's just not worth any team in MLS's uh, investment to pay a guy like that millions of dollars. It's just not happening now.
0: But what happens if he doesn't want to get paid? I mean, what happens if he just well, kind of wants well, to come that, that's, over that's and kick it say. and chill well, and you know?
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. Like uh, the the uh, the example I always give is is Yuriy uh who was a star in Europe, absolute star in Europe. He came here. He uh, Bob Bradley convinced him to come here play in New York and play for what was for you have peanuts the guy i mean he made for like 150,000 200,000 because you know what it wasn't even about the money Yuri Jorkhave loves love New York he wanted to come live in New York and and still play some soccer and he did that he did that for a couple of years then Bob Bradley got fired then he lost interest and then he just he just stopped playing but Jorkhave still lives in New York to this day and this was like 6 years ago so uh, if Puyol decides you know what i don't care about the money I just want to live in New York, experience that. Pep Guardiola did that for a year, lived in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York's a great city; it's a, it, ha- it has an appeal to it. Puyol, know, you know, Puyol. I'm sure Puyol knows, as, as most of the big stars in European soccer know, uh, they can go to New York City and no one will bother them. Like they can walk around; it's there. You know, people they'll get recognized, but they're not going to get hoarded like they do in Europe. So there's an appeal to that. Uh, so you know what? Could he come here? Possibly, but he's the only. I think the only way it would work. Is if he was willing to just play for pe- for what would be for him
0: peanuts? Well, I hope he does. I mean, I think it'd be great for the league, and, and I know that everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, well, we don't need some thirty-five-year-old guy with bad knees from aging sure. star coming over." And blah blah blah. It's like, all right, we okay, I get it, I get that argument. C- congrats, I've heard it a million times. Like, I, I think it'd be great for the league. I don't if think he it's a over. bad thing to have these guys no. come
1: over if they're willing to not if if they're willing to play for for a modest amount of money if it's not about the money for these guys then why not why not bring them because they you know what they might not be the players that they were but they still bring a lot to the table uh when you want to talk about a league with a lot of young players a lot of young american players and how what better way that I mean that influence that those players can have on on younger players oh yeah it, like you don't like that that is invaluable Right. So, I mean, when, when you you've, and you've seen some guys come over recently that have kind of done this, uh, Mikael Silvestre in Portland, you know, he, he, obviously he was going to be a starter, but he's to- he tore his knee up first game uh, and now he's gone. He left after the year. Uh, but Alessandro Nesta up in Montreal, you know, he might have had his struggles, but, you know, the experience, the class that that guys like that have, like the, 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 it can help the younger players. So, you know what, if, if NYCFC, I don't think the Red Bulls would do it because I think Rafa Marquez has ruined it for all. Future, you know, uh, players, older defenders coming from here. But I tell you what, NYCFC, I could see, uh, you know, bringing in a Puyol if you wanted to play for Peanuts. Uh, and if you're NYCFC, why not, right? Yeah. Mean, why not bring a guy like Puyol in? I mean, come on. You you got an instant leader in the locker room, someone who gets it, someone a, a, a hum— You know what? As much as he's made a, millions and millions of dollars, he's a humble guy, class guy i mean just i mean if you just do some homework on on, on puyo and you read some of the stories uh it, amazing stories about this guy uh you know uh spending you know a perfect example uh, uh there there was the the player i think it was antonio puerta the the, the spanish player who, who who died uh unfortunately i, I don't remember what the, what it was that he died from he, he died from some disease that, uh and puyo paid his medical bills uh like and, and no one even knew about this but just kind of quietly paid his medical bills all the way up till, till he passed away mm-hmm. uh, and this is just the guy, kind of guy he is so that 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 kind of class guy i mean having him in the locker room having younger american players be able to 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 you know ex, uh, get to play with him uh and learn from him there's value in that absolutely value in that having said that is it worth teams spending millions no. of dollars? No, I, I don't think that's
0: the case either. But but does it raise the exposure of the league? Yes. Are you going to have another guy? I mean, look at Andre. I mean, it, it, what he's commented, advocating for the league that it's not you know some pushover, which we all knew that. But some people in Europe need to know that. But and to me, hey, the more exposure you get, the better it is. Because fact of the matter is, this, I was 10, 15, 20 years from now, the league is not going to need older guys like this moving over. The league might be in a position where they're competing against European clubs, bring for the youngest talent in the league. So. And two, uh, I, I know, I know, I know, but time, I, that's buddy. why I said twenty years. I said it's not even twenty years.
1: It's not even, we're not even be around. Anymore.
0: I'll be around. I don't know about you. It's only twenty yeah. years. I'll be. Yeah,
1: but you're living fast. You're Please, you can die Please, I'll
0: be like thirty-four at that time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you will be living in like Malaysia or somewhere, like on a
0: speedboat. <sighs> I wish that would be nice. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna retire to the beach one day. That, that's the dream, Ivis. You going back to the Bahamas? or oh, God, it? I want to so bad. I will. I'll go back. You got to come with me, man. Uh, we you uh, know I, we need to have an SBI show at Club Med where I worked at the Bahamas. It would, it would get a little wild. <laughs> oh, boy. There you go. Um, these are stories that if you uh, buy me drinks in Arizona, I will tell you. Um, Ivis, time to move over and talk about maybe one person in one league who won't be, who isn't, who might not be excited about European stars moving over and playing in Major League Soccer. That is NASL and Commissioner Bill Peterson, who recently Ivis took some jabs at Major League Soccer, uh, very not happy, kind of, you know, sarcastically saying, you know, what's the league going to get to? 38 teams, 42 one day. So I I understand where he's coming from. I thought it was a little strange that he would get mad at the league because it is competition. But, I mean, NASL, Ivis, I mean, they're showing that they still want to be a direct competitor to Major League Soccer.
1: Well, is that what you – wait, no, 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 no. How do you get that from his comments? That wasn't at all his comment. Like, the comments don't say that. The comments – Suggests that they're fed up, or at least the commissioner of the NASL is fed up with what he perceives as MLS tra- trampling on their footprint. And and I, I I thought, and like you say, all look look, it's it's all fair, it's competition, it's business, business, business. But at the same time, you know, if if MLS is 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 seemingly uh, planting expansion interest flags in every single NASL market. Uh, I'm not saying they're wrong for doing that, but I I do, I can understand how that might miff a guy like Bill Peterson. And and I did find it, it was pretty hilarious to hear him, uh, just kind of throw some jabs. And I thought like the jab where he's like, you know, uh, you know, I've got, I've got to tell, like, he's got to tell Garber, Don Garber where they're expanding to next. So he, so, so MLS can know where to announce their next move. I thought that was pretty hilarious, but, uh, you know what? It's there's going to be competition. Uh, as much as NASL has said over and over, they don't want it to be. It's not about them uh, MLS. It's not about them trying to compete with MLS. It's for it's about NASL trying to do their own thing, grow their own thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, what the it, it, the comments were gold for me as a journalist and, and us. You know, SBI we had them on. We, if you haven't seen the comments, go on go on SBI. You can read the story from Franco Panizo on uh, Bill Peterson's comments, but. There's nothing wrong with some healthy competition, um, and I should point out at the same time that mm-hmm. uh, you're seeing MLS and NASL teams working together now. Now you're starting to see that 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 uh, what was in the past just you know in the past year or so you just didn't see it happen as much uh, because there was this perception of, of of icy relationship. But now you've seen the Cosmos make a couple of, of, of moves with. Uh, MLS teams, and now you just – I think you just saw San Antonio. Well, the Cosmos uh,
0: move. Like, they, they held <laughs> – their, theirs was an interesting one with Vancouver. No,
1: no. But, well, no. Obviously, the Andre Lewis thing was what, whatever was what it was. But, look, the Cosmos did not have to loan Andre Lewis to Vancouver. They agreed to do that. It was a good faith move on their part. But now here you go. Seattle Sounders, they loan their their rookie uh, rookie defender, Jimmy Ockford to the cosmos, now you're seeing a, a, a working relationship going, and you should have that. It shouldn't be where these leagues are, are, are enemies, right? Uh, as much as, you know, there's going to be some animosity there, especially because of the whole, uh, the fact that you have two teams pushing for expansion, uh, and there's going to be some overlap and some and some sense of, well, you're you're quote-unquote stealing our teams, stealing mm-hmm. our markets. Atlanta is an example. Obviously, Atlanta's an NASL mar- uh, team right now, uh, but MLS is probably going to move there so you know what for me uh I think it'd be great if the leagues could work together uh and I don't think there's any problem with with some competition some banter some some angst some anim- animosity as long as they're working together and it seems like you're seeing that more and more I think it's fine I think the, I think the whole the whole setup's working well
0: well well I mean and he's still trying to still get you know people people paying attention to the league people watching the league paying attention to it Sorry, look soccer I mean, is if, growing Soccer exactly. is growing
1: in this country and it's just, it's great to see when you have two leagues that are both uh you know growing their footprints finding finding interest all over the country uh it, it's good for, it's only good for the sport and uh and and, and I know the the <laughs> folks the, the folks who want a, a promotion and yeah, relegation say. Uh, uh, you know, we'll continue to 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 harp on about the need for that. And, and I've said I've said it a million times. I would love it if there was exp- if there was promotion and relegation. It's just not happening anytime soon. And I know there's some people who think it has to happen. We have to, you know, band together and force it to happen. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all well and good and a little idealistic. But you know what? MLS is there. MLS is growing. MLS is is not at a point where they are going to do that, and their owners are going to agree to that. It's not happening.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, where's the people saying? Yeah, I hope they work together towards the promotion relegation. Be interesting. I this. Uh, yeah, you never know. Could be twenty years from now. <laughs> uh, they also NES the, At least one. The uh, the league also adopted a new uh, final. F- they, they've had a new playoff format. What it is? It's it's a final four. So so the NESL does two seasons. They do summer. And in a winter, so they'll take the winners of the summer and the winter, and then combine it with the two teams for the best record. Pretty sure Oh, fall, excuse me, and then spring and spring, and, spring fall. and fall. I'm sorry. Um, well, what do you want from me? Arizona, we don't have spring and fall, so I mean, okay, no, yeah. Um, but but that's what we're gonna do. So it's gonna be a final four playmat for the soccer bowl, Ivis. Um, so N A S L adding uh, adding two more games to their uh, to their playoff format versus one, which is just the championship game. It was a lot of words. Um,
1: uh, to put it, uh, I'll break it
0: down for you really quickly. The way they I had the format was no,
1: because I mean, no one people stop listening to you after like the first ten
0: seconds. That is that I know for a fact that's not the true. Audience tests well with the,
1: me. The spring champion and the fall champion played for the soccer bowl title a year ago. Cosmos won it. This time around, what they're going to do is have the spring champion and the fall champion, but then also take the two teams with the best combined records in both seasons combined. And put them into the playoffs, and that's a and it's a great move because I tell you what, last last year, you know, w- once you kind of were out of it in in, in one of the seasons, uh, you know, if you were out of it in the spring, uh, then then it, it, it's just there wasn't an incentive there. and Now there's more of an incentive. There's four spots. Although there was another jab from Bill Peterson at MLS uh, about the playoff format. You know, when they were uh, he was asked uh, if the league will expand the format. As the league grows, because, you know, NASL, they're talking about expanding to 18 teams. Right. And uh, So that he was, you know, Peterson was asked, will you expand the playoff field once you keep, you know, once you grow to 18 teams? And he, he <laughs> and, and so, he, of course, he comes out and he's like, no, we're going to keep it at four. We want to make it mean something. You don't want to have half the league. Uh, half the leagues teams in the playoffs because that's that's you know he didn't I don't think he said it's stupid but he pretty much said it was stupid and as we all know MLS has ten of
0: nineteen teams involved in the postseason so that was again another little jab at MLS uh, also NASL uh, Peterson touched on possibility of Freddie Adieu joining the Atlanta Silverbacks, which I think would be an excellent move, Ivis.
1: It's not happening. It's not happening. And just listen, just to break it down, and where this all even came from. Eric Winalda, the, the Atlanta Silverbacks uh, coach, manager, whatever his, you know, GM,
0: whatever his title is. I
1: can't remember now. Skype. I think, he's,
0: I think he's Skype uh, uh, orchestrator. Skype. <laughs> Composer, Skype, direct, Skype yeah. director. No, <laughs> yeah, but, Skype. Yeah, Skype
1: director. Skype director. No. <laughs> Eric Winalda told Grant Wall that he'd love to bring Freddie Adu to Atlanta. And you know what? Of course he would, right? Of course he would. Because you know what? Freddie Adu, uh talented player, skilled player. He he'd he'd kill it in the NASL. Uh but just because I mean that's like, you know, I'm sure he'd love Messi at at, at Atlanta, right? But it doesn't make it a story. Uh, you know, nothing against Grant Wall. Like Grant, you know, Winalda told him that, and 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 people love Freddie Adu. Love hearing about Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu is not going to the NASL, and uh, you know, Peterson was just asked about that, what he thought about that, and you know, Peterson, I you know, he he said what you would expect him to say, which is, you know, it'd be great to have you know have high profile player come to the league, mm-hmm. but you know what, Freddie Adu is currently in Europe. He's he's wrapped up his training stint at blackpool and he's got some options he's gonna sign in europe i I, i'd say in the next month he'll be somewhere he he will he he will sign a deal there he he was never he the plan for him never he wasn't coming back to america he's not coming to mls he's not coming to nasl the plan always was for him to to stick it out in europe and find a deal in europe and that has not changed uh all the Freddie adu nasl talk started from winalda and and then peterson was just asked about that so Anyone kind of you know getting their hopes up? Oh, you know Freddie's going to be in Atlanta. He's going to play for the Silverback. It's not happening. It's not. It's not. It's not happening. So I would just tell folks take it easy with that. Um, you know, it's some you know some good little PR bump for uh, for the NASL and for Atlanta Silverbacks. But he, he the Freddie dude's not going there.
0: Ivis, uh, I, I, it's unfortunate, man. I think Freddie do going to Atlanta would be good, and I think it'd be good for the league. And, hey, you know, we're talking about the league. Um, we're going to do the SBI and a Ivis, but real quickly, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in
1: the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment
0: no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are John Doe. Rated R. Rated R. Starts
1: Friday, March 21st.
0: And we have now reached the end of the show, which means it's the SBI QA. As always, everyone, you can send your questions in on Twitter. Hashtag AskTheSBIShow. You could do it at any time. Ivis and I will tweet out before you record a show. But remember, anytime. Send questions in. Um, Ivis, the first question comes from Taylor Clark. How big of a game is friendly in Cyprus for Josie with really poor showing hurt his chances for starting come World Cup time? I don't think his starting job's on the line. Uh, it, look, it's a friendly, right? I mean, short of him
1: just not even trying. I mean, if he just goes out there and just lays an egg. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that'd that I think that'd piss off Klinsman. Absolutely. But if he doesn't score... Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, I don't think just him not scoring a goal in that game is going to just all of a sudden cost him the job. I just I just don't see it. Um, So from that standpoint, I think it's important. I think that what what the the big question is about whether or not he's going to get his job to keep his job. I think the question is uh, how these other players will work with him in the system. You know, I think I think uh, getting Agudelo, getting Johansson, uh, Clint Dempsey, having those guys work together. I think that's the key. Uh, because I tell you I have been saying it, I know some people will disagree because they watch him struggle at Sunderland and think, oh, you know, he doesn't have it, quote unquote. you uh, know. I think Clinsman realizes that, that isn't it's not as simple as that. And he's still his guy if he's healthy, so you have to work on building around him.
0: Uh, he also asks when well, we're gonna get Alexi Wallace on the show. I'll talk to my dad and yes, Taylor, my girlfriend is real, it is not a large in the girl scenario. Uh, next question comes from Jim Powers. European clubs prefer an African or Argentinian player over an American. Agree, it happens, but why?
1: Uh, I think it's familiarity. I think the fact that you know teams and GMs and or technical directors, coaches, I think they're, they're, there's more of a track record uh, for some of these guys uh, than there are for American players. And there's also obviously the uh, the whole work permit issue in, in a lot of countries. Um, it's it's just easier. To get players uh, who are already, you know, whether they're part of the EU, uh, they don't take up foreign player slots, or you know, if uh, you know, it's easy to get them a French passport or or something. If you're one of, you know, if you're an African player, obviously that that's a big part of it there. Uh, But I think it's also familiarity. I think the fact that you've had so many more players from, you know, from these countries that have have established track records in Europe. The, the the number of Americans that have actually had success there, isn't as great as some of these other countries, especially field players. Obviously, goalkeeper. I think at this point, if you're a good American goalkeeper, you know the, the, there's a track record there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's still
0: a case where uh, players are fighting, or American players are fighting that stigma. Uh, I have this next question comes from Vincent Sumbry. Who was most likely of the teams that lost in the first leg of Champions League to overturn the deficit?
1: uh that's a good question i, I, I don't know man I don't, I don't know if any of these teams are going to come back i think all the uh, i think they're all behind for a reason and I you know i, I think obviously you have uh the chelsea and galatasaray are, are, are one one i think Chelsea's going to pull that one out uh but as far as these other teams hmm no nah, mm-hmm.
0: i think i think all the teams that won the first leg are, are going to hold up was, next question comes from Tyler ECU. Orlando signed U.S. Youth International Tyler Turner. Can you assess their early efforts to construct their MLS roster?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's a great signing. I mean, I, you know, he, he Tyler Turner is a very talented young player. Uh, he's someone that, he's definitely a good piece uh, to that puzzle in terms of, uh, you know, being that kind of long-term option and, you know, local product. Uh, having said that, I don't think anyone should tie, should should read too much into the quote unquote MLS uh, angled signings that Orlando City is making right now. Uh, I, I think we're not going to see the real impact options for that team until next offseason as they get closer to starting. I think I think I think a lot of these signings that they're they're making now are, are projects and guys who aren't necessarily going to be. Uh, key players. I think you have some guys who can obviously make the roster in 2015 in MLS. But uh, you know, I, I don't. I haven't seen from the signings that I've seen them make. I, I don't know any of them that that necessarily uh, were like a true head turner. I, I think the real work on the real work on building that roster starts next offseason.
0: Next question comes from Rod. Who would be ideal opponents for two other World Cup send-off friendlies?
1: Well, if you think about,
0: you know. Who
1: your opponents are in the group stage? Now, you obviously, you have Ghana as your opening match, and if the if, if the reports and rumors are true that Nigeria is going to be the final send off game, then that makes perfect sense, right? You want to play an African team that could kind of present some of the same the challenges uh, stylistically uh, that your opponent uh, that your first opponent is, is going to present. So Nigeria, perfect option. Uh, then you want to talk about Portugal. So if you're gonna if Portugal is your opponent. Uh, you know who who kind of stylistically uh, would give you a good look like Portugal and I think for me I think Spain obviously would be a good a good example and I think Brazil but I you know I don't think Brazil's I don't think Brazil is going to be an option uh, but Spain I believe is is going to be here so I don't know if Spain is, is going to be the opponent but I think they'd be a good opponent and, and obviously they'd give a great they'd give the U.S. team uh, a great test not only for Portugal but also for Germany not not from a stylistic stylistic standpoint but from a quality standpoint uh you know if if you're playing two two tough european teams i mean they're both ranked really high in the fifa rankings uh why not play a spain right so i think if you can get two european opponents one of them being spain um or someone like the netherlands as an example i mean play some tough teams don't uh i mean at the same time i can understand the, the the theory of You know, you want to you want to play. You want to at least have like a game in there that that you should be able to win and and build some confidence. I I could see that as well. So maybe you get Spain as one and then maybe you get, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a lesser uh, lesser European team that, that, that can give you a test, but that you should be able to put away.
0: Next question comes from Jordan Brewer, U.S. men's national team player with the most to gain from the Ukraine friendly.
1: Good question. Do you want me to go um, first or do you want to go? Yeah, you go, you, you go ahead, man. I'll
0: say Fabian Johnson most to gain. I think he, with a good showing, a couple more good showings, I think he could be starting in Brazil. Are you serious? Well, who'd you say? He's I mean, already
1: starting. He's the guy. Are you kidding? The guy is in you think the 11th. Fabian Johnson?
0: Already starting? Fabian Johnson. Yes, I'm being serious. I mean, then what happens to Marcus Beasley? You don't think he's going to be starting at all? I will bet you whatever amount of money you
1: want to bet. That Fabian Johnson, if he's healthy, will be starting against Ghana. I don't know. You know, he could he could start at left back, he could start right back, or he could start in the midfield.
0: Fabian Johnson, but if he struggles, though, that's no guarantee. Though, he has a lot he, to gain.
1: Let's. I just told you, I will bet mm. you any amount of money you want to bet, anything you want to bet. Fabian Johnson will be starting, absolutely. But anyway, I wouldn't say I'll disagree with you that Fabian Johnson has most gain. I would say the fringe guys have have more to gain and lose in this. And I'd say from that standpoint. Two guys, Danny Williams, Oguchi Onyewu. I think both could start in this game. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to show Klinsman that they can play on that level. Uh, Ukraine's a tough opponent. And and especially, uh, you know what, I'll say Onyewu. I'll say Onyewu because the fourth center back spot's up for grabs. And if if he, if he has a game here, if he can show okay. his quality, I think, I, I'd say, I'd you know, I know they only told me one, but I'm going to say three. Oguchi Onyewu, Danny Williams, Tim Ream. Because I think all three could start And play their way into the
0: radar. Uh, I just, you know what I mean? I I just, I've already taken on Yehwu out of my mind. I mean, I want to see Beasley, Gonzalez, and, like, I prefer Clarence Goodson over on You need more than two
1: guys. You need more than two guys at the World Cup, man. I just think—
0: You need depth. You need depth. I know, I know, I know. Well, look, I mean, we'll have more time to talk about all this stuff later on uh, as we approach the World Cup. You're down on Fabian Johnson, huh? No, I'm not. I'm I'm just saying there's no guarantee. He has to have a couple good games. He
1: is guaranteed to start. If anyone is guaranteed to start, there, there are a handful of guys who you can pencil into the lineup. Michael Bradley is one, Tim Howard is another. I think Jermaine Jones at this point is another because you know, my uh, Klinsman wants to, wants his bite on the field. Yeah, I'm gonna say Josie Altidore is one, and then Fabian Johnson's another. So I'm sorry, Fabian Johnson's just gonna be there. It's just it's just I'm sorry. I, I don't. It's not even for me. It's not even a discussion.
0: Eh, well, I'm gonna remember this. I guess we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check it. we'll check the tape. Um,
1: well, you you said he's not, and I say he will. So when he does, I'll rub it
0: in. No, I, I didn't say he's not. I'm uh, just no, saying. No, I'm, oh just, my god, you're putting first off. You're putting words in my mouth. Okay, you know what? We'll, we'll I'll fight you after the show. Uh, next question comes from Christopher. Will Mick start wide or sub for Clint under the striker?
1: Uh, I'm gonna say he's gonna sub in. Uh, I think the, you know, if you bring in Michael Bradley, you are going to start Michael Bradley, right? So that's one. Um, and uh, you know, Jermaine Jones is if he, if he's healthy, he's going to be another one. Clint Dempsey, I'd say those three guys are going to start. Uh, and you, they're just better wide options than Discrude You got Alejandro Bedoya, you got you got Aaron Johansson. So I, I think you bring Discrude in in the second half for Clint Dempsey. In that whether whether it's four two three one four three three, I think that's going to be his opportunity to show what he can do.
0: Uh, next question comes from Ray Pig Stereo. I think that's how you say it. Who would win the just announced Euro call-ups for the U.S. Men's National Team or a MLS All-Star Team? Ooh, MLS All-Star, you wanna, you MLS All-Star Team would win.
1: Really? Yes. Okay. Now here's my question: Are you let? Well, since it's hypothetical, you can you can go and you can do whatever you want. But yeah. Michael Bradley and Clint Dempsey are on this are on this roster for the Ukraine game. So are they or are
0: they not? In this hypothetical matchup, on that team, no, they're not, and the MLS All Star team would still win. I, I just there's they, there's just, it, they, 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 if you,
1: So you're telling me if you could clone Bradley and oh, well, if I could,
0: then yes. But I mean, I'm going off with no, the well, guy has. No, ass. but what I'm
1: saying is, if you could, if, if you could have them on both teams,
0: uh-huh. you're telling
1: me the MLS team would beat the the European
0: team. Oh, of course, they would still beat them if they didn't have them on the team. I mean, your strikers up right. top could be. Crazy. Who would they be? Right, I mean, go, you, let, you could throw. K- go, I mean, let, you could let, throw. Let's you could throw, 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 throw. throw Robbie Keane up top. You uh, could throw Femi Martins up top. I mean, you could throw Jermaine Defoe up top. Wait, 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 oh.
1: wait. wait, 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 wait. Uh, see. I totally misunderstood the question. See, I thought the question was was MLS based uh, national team player.
0: Oh no, no, no. He says MLS All Star Team. So I think that's just Major League Soccer. That's what I think it is.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Well, see, you know
0: what? See, that's I was confused. I was like, I was like, Ivins, come on, man. I mean, if you could have uh, Robbie Keane and Eddie Johnson up top, and then you get Robbie you know Keane. Donovan out wide, and then I mean Chris Klutz, your left back, and then you have Beasler and Gonzalez as your center backs. Well, you know what? You, you oh. know, all
1: the guys you all the guys you've mentioned. I mean, Keane's the only one who's different from my my what I thought it was going to be. So you've named all all national teams. Okay, guys. who
0: else? Who, okay, I'm trying to. You got have Henri? I mean, you got have Cahill? No, no,
1: no, no. See, listen, listen, listen. That changes things then. Because the question is, so looking at it now, the question is, this Euro squad, I mean, this team that was just called up, mm-hmm. everybody on it, or an MLS All Star team. So you got to keep Bradley and Dempsey on this national team because that they're on this roster. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know what, I'm gonna take this roster. I'll take this team over, over. Uh, over, over the MLS All Star. Really? Absolutely. Ah. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I would. All right. Let's go. Let's go position by position. Let's go right now. Okay. Okay. Goalkeeper. Uh, Tim Howard. Done.
0: For okay then for I me. Mean, fine. You, you have a, okay you're fine. Then you, then, on, oh, fine. fine then you then fine then your goalkeeper for the All Star team Nick Romano. That's fine. It's fine by me.
1: And Tim Howard is, is
0: better. It's fine so by fine by me. i a, Okay. All right, let's go. All right, the center backs for the MLS All Star team are better. Beasler and Gonzalez. Right away.
1: Okay. Uh, you win center backs. Yes.
0: Okay, your left back. Uh, I mean, look. You lose. No, Bobby no, Johnson. stop it. Chris Clute is good. Stop it. Chris, Chris
1: Clute couldn't even get, <laughs> make it to the South Korea friendly. How do you even mention him? I'm sorry. Fabian Johnson done. Right back, Jeff Cameron done. He's better than Brad Evans. Period. He starts in the Premier League. Oh, Brad I was, Evans I was,
0: I, oh, I was gonna, right st- I was gonna start DeAndre in this game, Ivis. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but, but seriously, okay, fine. You have Brad Evans. We have okay. got
1: the all right. European squad has the fullbacks and the goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. You've got centerbacks. Okay, now let's go for the midfield.
0: Okay, then my midfield, I would have uh, Diego Valeri and Kyle Beckerman. In the middle?
1: Yes. That's yeah, pretty good. And I would go with uh, Michael Bradley and
0: Clint Dempsey. And so, then on the right wing, I could stick Mike McGee out on the right wing.
1: When's the last time you played on the right wing?
0: Oh, I just, I'd just throw him out there. I'd, uh, I'd make uh, him play. What are you doing? I'm the All coach. Right.
1: I'm the coach. Okay, Aaron Johansson, you
0: lose. That is true. Okay. Left. I'm trying to think who would be the best left in the league. I'm sure people are screaming at the show. Name this guy. Name this guy. Uh, Brad Davis. Yeah. Brad Davis. Graham Zuzi. You got to start. Actually, I take that back. Yeah. Graham Zuzi would be on, be the right mid, and then Brad Davis would be the left. And then up top, I would have um, Obi Family Martins and Robbie King. Or, or, or.
1: Stop. Wingers. Let's start. With this. Let's get with the wingers. So Zuzi and Brad Davis. Yes. Right? Those are your wingers. Yes. I would go Aaron Johansson and Alejandro Bedoya.
0: Okay. And then up top, I have uh, Robbie Keane and obi- Obi-Fan Martins.
1: obi oh, Femi Martins? Are yeah. you kidding?
0: Healthy. No A healthy Obi-Fan Martins.
1: Henri. is better than him, period. No,
0: Henri, Cahill, and Donovan are first three guys off the bench
1: you you're you're, on, you're you're you're
0: drunk No I'm not
1: Go to bed you're drunk Stop over it marks, over Henry. First you're off I'm
0: recording the show at in the morning so I'm not drunk to begin to with MLS.
1: You need to watch some more MLS matches my friend
0: Are you what are you talking about He can he can uh, I'm sorry you're you're crazy Oh and but you know what how, how are the, you going Okay look oh, Henri can't body up on Anyewu. If you stick Martins out there, he can at least body up on Anyewu. I, I, look, to me, the MLSR team went. You know what? If you're listening to the show, he buy, hey, wait, if, wait, if, wait, you, if you're listening to the show, put it in what? FIFA. Let us know what? what happens.
1: What did you just say? Henri can't body up, people? Are you what?
0: I think he can, but he's, I want he's, he's, stop. No, so if you dude. have seen him in person, have you? Yes, he's I have. Playing. I'm talking about in this game though. You're getting service from the reins from Graham Zuzi and Brad Davis. You're telling me that Henri's going to win balls in the box? I'd rather have – I mean, then I would stick Eddie Johnson out there. Then fine. I would stick Eddie Johnson over over, over Faye Martins then.
1: All right. Fair enough.
0: That, you <laughs> know what I'm – I'm looking <laughs> at – Josie I'm sorry?
1: It's not better than Josie Altador. period.
0: Okay, but the center backs, Beasler and Gonzalez, they can shut down Josie Altidore.
1: That's a fact. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know
0: about that. Bro. Okay, look. Here, here's what we'll do, Ivis. If you're listening to the show, put it in FIFA. I know it's not realistic, but just let us know. <laughs> Let me know that I'm I'm I rule and, and Ivis doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh,
1: it's it's an interesting question. It's an interesting debate. I'm sorry. I'm going with the I'm going with the this I'm going with the national team. I'm going with the national team that's gonna play Ukraine.
0: So this is go. well this is just this is just obviously major league soccer hate from Ivys You don't watch less. That's the whole problem. what are you talking about?
1: You only watch MLS when they're in when they're playing preseason games in Tucson. So that's your. Actually, area. I
0: haven't even, actually I haven't even been down to Tucson this year. So
1: <laughs> there you go. My point is made.
0: Mm. Dude, you it's, know you it's like a two-hour drive you had, you, from me.
1: You had a good argument, and then you lost me with Obafemi Martins.
0: <laughs> Stop. You know what? I, there's enough Seattle fans that will back me up on that. All right, next question. I love how like me naming Obafemi Martins means I don't watch. The, the league, it's stupid. That's that. It's actually, your, that, is, that is that is the a, most a, reckless you comment had, you've ever said.
1: You also had Mike McGee on the right wing.
0: I know that is true. That was a little reckless. Uh, I was getting a little ahead of myself. It's Mike McGee, man. He can play anywhere and score. Come on. No, <laughs> uh, next question comes from JC Which bubble player from the US roster for the March fifth friendly do you think makes the World Cup squad? I'd say Gooch. So kind of kind of the same question, uh, but what do you say?
1: One. That that's a good pick. That's a good pick. It's gonna. I'm, it's the same three guys. I'm gonna. I'm. Oh wait. Uh, I'd say one. One
0: Agudelo. Mm. Oh, I one like Agadello,
1: that. Surprise him. Get on there.
0: I do. I'm excited to watch him play. Um. Next. Fi- the final question comes from Gary Robinson, with Chivas USA sold to MLS. Any chance new owner moves club instead of buying franchise? Then he lists Sacramento, Atlanta, Charlotte, etc. Uh,
1: I think Garber's already put it out there that the team will stay in LA. So. Uh... That's not changing.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, look, LA's huge. There's there's enough suburbia to find a spot for the new team. Well, I'm sorry. It's not a new team. Well, technically it is. But for
1: the... <laughs> for, <laughs> the city can support two teams. Yeah. I, I've Thank always you. felt that. I don't think... And, and anyone that honestly thinks or, or honestly uses the the failed Chiefs USA branding experiment as as their evidence that it that the, it can't support two teams i just think you're misguided because i just it, it wasn't it wasn't the fault of the city that chivas usa didn't work it was the fault of the entire idea and approach that chivas usa uh set out to try that
0: is what failed it definitely very very well said ivis well uh well that wraps up uh today's uh today's show ivis um as we head into the weekend i think we discussed everything and uh i can't think of anything else that we need to talk about
1: no that's i think we covered it all and uh you know that one one thing we one last thing we do have to do is for the final time on the show is remind our listeners about our newest sponsor
0: who doesn't love netflix thanks to main street films new suspense thriller john doe vigilante you could win a free 15-year online subscription to Netflix. John Doe, Vigilante's The Controversial Thriller, is coming to theaters on March 21st, and John Doe has targeted you as a worthy successor to his cause. As he awaits the verdict of his trial, it's your turn to fight for justice. Get on John Doe's list and support the movement, and you'll be entered to win exclusive John Doe merchandise like t-shirts and posters. But only a select few can call themselves the ultimate Vigilante. Those who earn this distinction will receive a free fifteen year online subscription to Netflix. Go to John Doe Vigilantefilm.com backslash get dash on dash the dash list and enter to win. John Doe Vigilante in theaters, March twenty first. There you go, folks. That's uh that's our new sponsor,
1: as you, in case you haven't noticed on on uh, both SBI and SBI show, our new sponsor, John Doe Vigilante. Make sure you go check out that movie when it comes out March twenty first. And Garrett We've got another show in the books, another step closer to the start of the MLS season.
0: Yes, and Ivis and I, we had a lot of questions, prediction, major league soccer questions, you know, who's your team, who's going to improve, and all that stuff. Next week, Ivis and I will return to three shows a week. I know we've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, but we will do it because Ivis, we have national team to talk about. We got to talk about the game. We got to recap the game. And more importantly, we got to give our Major League Soccer predictions. I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta trump you with with my predictions this year.
1: <laughs> we have got a lot to get to. We might even need four shows. I don't know. We might have to do a show a day. Uh, we might have to figure this out. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that. We've and then we have got the Ukraine friendly on Wednesday, uh, and then on Friday morning I'm off to Seattle. So uh, it's it's gonna be a busy, busy week. Uh, and be sure not only to listen to the SBI show, but also check out SBI. As next week we start dropping our previews, yes. our team previews, our power rankings,
0: and our season predictions. Yes, and Iverson and I will do predictions on this show. You know, we'll do what Iverson most goals, MVP, rookie. Yeah, you know what? Best I hair. We, you know, stuff we, like we that. We have to go. We have to go.
1: I have to figure out what episode last year had our predictions because I'm curious now what your prediction. I don't remember what your predictions were. I don't either. But now, they're, now I'm curious. That what means they
0: were bad. bad if we don't remember.
1: Yeah, I'm looking, I Trust me, I'm gonna. I'm going to go back and listen, see, see what you had to say. I'm not going
0: to listen. I probably sounded horrible on that show. <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. I know. I have come a long way. <laughs> you, eh, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, uh, have a good weekend, man. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you on Sunday night after another thrilling episode of, of uh, The Walking Dead.
1: Oh, there's so many shows now. It's crazy. you got The Walking Dead. True true detective. I just by the way, I just powered I think I said did I mention this last show? Uh House yeah, of Cards. I think
0: you did. We did talk about that. Great
1: show. I watched all two seasons in like a week. It was amazing. Uh but yeah, we got Walking Dead. And now uh, you know, what else? By the way, if you're a parent and you don't watch Parenthood, you're missing out. Parenthood is just the best show. Uh the best show if you're a parent. To is watch that not like too real? It's very, it's, but it, that's what makes it great. It's re, it's very real. It touches on so many different aspects about being a parent. But again, parenthood is not a sponsor of the show, so we're not going to get all into that show. But if
0: you if you're a parent, I, I recommend it. Actually, so, yeah. y- you know what? I finished yesterday. I finally finished the second half to season five of Breaking Bad. I finally really? finished
1: it. Really nice way. That great all classic classic show. Oh, number, so good. Number number two on my all time show list. What's number one? Oh, dude, we, we've been through this. Oh, we the did Wire. talk about this. The Wire. That's right. The, the, unquestioned number one, far and away. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone will say it's the number one show of all time, but for me, no question about the number one show of all time. House of Cards has got potential to move into my top five, but
0: it needs a strong third season to get there. I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to think about it. We talked about shows in the last one. You know, if you want to hear our list of shows that we like, just listen to the other show. We rambled about it at the end. Oh, there's so many shows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Ibis, man, as I said, you have a good weekend. I'll talk to you Sunday, and uh, and uh, get ready, man. Tons to talk about next week.
1: Yes. You know what? We might have a four-show
0: week. Yeah. yeah, me too. Get ready. Okay. Yeah. Get ready. Take Look- your vitamins. <laughs> and- <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Right. and as always everyone thank you for listening to the show thank you for the reviews on iTunes thank you for the comments on the website check us out send questions in on Twitter hashtag ask the SBI show and uh, thank, thank you for everything you do Ivis and I will be back again on Sunday this is the SBI show